Welcome to The Complete Angler, your source of information on the outdoor industry in central Canada. With over 35 years in the field, host Don Lamont covers topics and issues with industry leaders and influencers to bring you up to speed on what's happening in the outdoor world. And now, here's your host, Don Lamont. Our guest on today's Complete Angler podcast is a Hall of Fame angler who helped revolutionize the sport of fishing. He has had his own television fishing show for more than 50 years, educating the angling public like no other. I've known Al Ender for close to 40 of those years. During that time, we became close friends, fishing tournaments, doing seminars and television together. We share some of those moments on today's show. Al Linder, it's been a long time, my friend. Thanks so much for coming on the Complete Angler Podcast. I look forward to it. We haven't talked for a while. No kidding. I've seen you on the TV once in a while, but, uh, uh, you know, it's been a long haul. Let's talk a little bit about what uh, you and, and the rest of the crew at Linder Media have been up to over the last year dealing with COVID and all that other kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, all that other stuff. I like their choice of words. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the industry uh, uh, is really touchy. You know, people don't know what to expect, like like the public do. Meaning, the manufacturers, everybody is behind on orders. I don't care what it is; they can't deliver product. You can't get anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, to, everything is behind, behind, behind. You look look in the stores. Yeah, you know, pegs are empty. Uh, people are if if a, a company orders a, a retailer orders a, a hundred rods they get twenty <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you know everybody's boat orders are late you can't get no parts it's just uh, uh it's just been a, a nightmare now the good side of all of this uh, the amount of people that got interested in fishing and the outdoors has went through the rough man. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know the, you know the, their social distancing outdoors in a boat in the campgrounds, uh, uh, hunting, hiking. So anybody that's an outdoor enthusiast, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, has got really involved in the fishing industry here here in the states. It was a really interesting number, the number of new anglers done that 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 they tell me we generated is pushing as many as eight million people. Eight million. Yeah, you know, now these are people that may have fished before and haven't fished for five, 10, 15 years, whatever is is like that. Many of them never fished before, but as many as eight million new anglers. And uh uh, uh yeah, you know, and, and what retail is saying is most or many of them are, are first-time anglers because they're selling fishing combos, uh 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 bobbers you can't even get bobbers they're, they're they're moving off the shelves stuff that you and i have uh taken for for granted you know making a living in the industry our whole life things you know that you have to have and you think are so simple yeah yeah you know they're they're wanting to know well how do, how do i tie a knot what do i put on i mean very very basic information is stuff that they're they're looking for, and we're hearing that from our marketing partners. They're saying, "Okay, now now you guys service a higher clientele of angler, yeah, you know, a more skilled angler overall that you talk to." But uh, they said on television, we understand that. But they said, "Man, we got an army of new people coming in. So anything you're doing on on your social media stuff stuff, uh, uh, you have to keep doing what you do to service your market." 
but also add uh, uh, some of the stuff that, that that you almost take for granted, such as knots. Yeah, you know, real basic lures that people need to, to just keep it simple. So that's what the trending that we're seeing here in the industry today. And, and it's holding true. It went through all last year and it's all this year too. So, you know, that's good news that we have that many new anglers. That's good news. Yeah, it's exactly the same here, Al. And uh, definitely have to use the social media to inform people. I get uh, a ton of emails about, yeah, you know, Don, you did a thing on how to launch your boat. How can can you tell me more about how to trail my, you know, my yeah, boat and so yeah. on and so forth. So I kind of direct them. I mean, all that stuff is is on YouTube and they can they can find all that stuff on the net. And um, but you have to constantly give them information because, yes, we have so many new anglers. And that's very evident, Al, at the boat launches. Sure. It, it just drove me crazy this year. I can remember going up to the Winnipeg Beach and Lake Winnipeg and, you know, it was okay getting in, but it was two hours getting off the water <laughs> just because a lot of people are first time boaters. They, they didn't understand how to unload or load a boat. So anyway, like you said, that, that's a good thing. So let's, um, let's talk about, you know, we go back a long way in the industry and I was a newbie when I first met you, Al. I just, my first year guiding on the Winnipeg River at Eagle Nest Lodge uh pay less fishing tackle back in the day sure. had that uh, first tournament ever the pro-am on um on lactabunny tall timber yeah. launch and you were there in your ranger your brown <laughs> ranger you remember that yeah i do yeah i do yeah. so the thing that stood out in my mind and it was in my book which you which you did read and i appreciate that um was that you came by and i was fishing this little hump and i didn't have a live well and i had all these walleye on a stringer and so when I moved, I put them in a in a in a cooler with an aerator, a portable aerator. And but anyway, they're all hanging over the side of the boat. And you pulled up and said, "Wow, young fella, you're really doing well. Keep up the good work." And you kept going, you know. And 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 the thing that really struck me, Al, is that what you've done in the industry is you've always been a friend to the people in the industry, and 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 try to make other people successful because you came up to me after the tournament and said, you know, congrats on a great tournament. Let's keep in touch. And then I think the next time we met was, um, we ended up, uh, a wedding, a line on the Winnipeg river mm-hmm. when the, when it was open for walleye. And I right. want to tell a little bit about that story because you really opened my, my eyes. If you remember the first day we, me and you were in the boat, we jig fished. Okay. Mm-hmm. The second day he, he said to me, we're going to go film another show and I'm going to use three ways and number 13 wraps reps. And I'm going to catch five more times, five times more fish than you will. And you and did big fish. And you did. And big fish. That is, you know, and Don, that is still one of the most amazing, simple presentations that a lot of people have, have just forgot over time. How deadly that three way would abate like a floating wrap up at the back of it. Yeah, you know, it produces, 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 even in, you know, anywhere, particularly in fall. Yeah, you know, in a cold water period in fall where that really, really seems to shine for big fish. I totally agree. And it's totally under any time, this time of the year and in the fall, that's the first thing that comes to mind is that when you taught me that lesson, Al, and I, I always get the three ways out and man, it, does it catch fish. You see, it, 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 these guys in the States here, a lot of these walleye tournaments now, now like NWT and that, there's still a handful of the old guard 
that knows how deadly this is. Yeah. And, and you know, they're weighing fish and, and they won't say nothing about it. <laughs> they're, you know, I mean, you got people trying all different stuff. And this is, and I mean, they're still, they're making a lot of money doing it. And then there's this, they, they say, yeah, don't say any more about it. It's been around forever. Ever. This is really producing. Just keep it quiet. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, I remember on the Tobin, uh, we had that, we did that show together. Um, on uh on the river at tobin lake and uh that, that was a lot of funny we got the remember that we got the night crawler in the v oh, formation yeah. yeah yeah that's still in a, that that's one of the most astounding fisheries in the world for trophy fish yeah yeah you know that gene pool in there my god that thing grows monsters it does. You know, i don't think there's down there's a you guys got that one uh uh but what's that lake in in uh, uh eastern ontario oh yeah bay of quinty Bay of Quinte. Yeah. And those two bodies of water are amongst maybe four or five systems, the Lake Great Lakes being part of it, that produce that quality of fish. Now there's probably five bodies of water in the world that 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 have that quality of walleye available to them. That's it. That's it, man. Where where you see that many monster fish. You know, we got a lot of lakes where where you can catch walleyes up to 27, 28 inches, you know, but when you start talking 30, 31, 32, 33, <laughs> even pushing 34 inch fish, there's a handful of lakes. That's it. That's it in the whole world. And when you think about that, you go, oh, man, really? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Linder Media. Now, you guys had a on. Ontario, the Ontario experience. Now, obviously, with the border closed, that's been put on hold. And, you know, it's it's a really tough situation right now in Northwestern Ontario, because number one, they can't get any US clientele. Number two, yeah. they can't get clientele from anywhere else. The border is yeah. closed between Manitoba and Ontario. We can't go. We can't go to a lodge there. That's it. Well, I mean, it, 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 it's devastating what has happened to, 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 to so many of the lodges and just business in general just business in, in general. And uh, uh, this thing, it's gonna be years before we have, uh, uh, can recover from all of this, I believe, overall. Yeah, and overall. And I don't know the status of, of, of if, you, if you guys, what, what I understand, you're, you're, we're getting you some help with COVID if we get the, the, the vaccines. And uh, that's the only way we're going to get out of this mess. We got to get the vaccines up there to people. We got to get done. Yeah, yeah, you know, and we're starting down here in my home state of Minnesota, ironically, is doing pretty good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we we did a pretty good job of vaccinating people here. And uh, uh, I I think we're finally getting it turned around, turned around. But that's what I I, until that bad vaccine gets up there. I don't see it happening. I don't see it opening the border until we can do that. Yeah, let's talk about some good stuff right now. Let's talk about okay, the. I like that. Let's talk about the evolution of the industry. Um, when we first started, it was kind of, uh, uh, you know, the early '80s. It was kind of the ground floor, wasn't it? And the fishing shows were just starting to come on board. Um, I mean, that was the only way people could get information was either on te- on TV or in a magazine. Right. And you guys did a fantastic job with the In Fisherman magazine. Unbelievable. All the information. I had the first copy of uh, what did you call that little booklet you had? The first thing the you fishing took. Fishing secrets. Fishing secrets. Yeah. Old and guide I, secret. The old guide secret. 
So I had that book up with me at Eagle Nest Lodge, and I went through it all. It was all fish location presentation. And and it was really a, a sad day when your brother passed last year, and, and it was really sad for us up here. He was a great guy. And uh, he was one of the innovators with you, and you two guys have just blazed the trail right from the start, especially in uh, the upper Midwest and in the walleye world. So we really appreciate that, Al. Well, thank you for that. You know, that's something I'm really proud of. Uh, walleye and walleye fishing has been an integral part of my life. Yeah, yeah, you know, everything I have ever done. done. My favorite fish, most people that, that follow my career know it is a smallmouth bass. I love fishing for smallmouth bass, but walleye is second. And, uh, you know, with those 18 years that, that we had the, the professional walleye trail were phenomenal. Collectively, uh, uh, what, we, what we learned in those 18 years and were able to bring to the industry uh, 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 improved boat safety and boating equi equipment, uh, uh, the, the electronics, rods, reels, lures, line, how to find fish faster, quicker. Yeah, you know, that, that 18 years of that professional walleye trail helped a lot. And that spurred walleye, walleye fishing tournaments all over Canada on, on our main walleye lakes from coast to coast. You know, tournament fishing all of a sudden got on fire and everybody loved, loves it. Anybody that does it loves it. If you got a little little bit of competition in, in, in your blood, you like the tournament fish. And uh, so that's that information was priceless. You know, when you got that many good fishermen uh, on a body of water, somebody figures something out. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's what I loved about all those years. It was a constant learning curve. And we were right on the forefront. We we're right there with it, helping make it happen and delivering it to the public. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the first PWT was in 1989. You invited Alex Kessler and myself down yeah. from Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had a we had a great down a uh, time there. Alex uh, finished in the top ten. I just missed the money. It was it was a great experience. Opened our eyes, by the way, Al. Unbelievable, just the potential. We took that back to Canada with us, like mm -hmm. you said, and and it's it spread like wildfire, especially across Western Canada, where the walleye tournaments um, just jumped off the page all over the place we we had some fun together up at the golden walleye classic in, yeah. in on lesser slave lake you came up a few times mm -hmm. we spent some time up there you came out to lake diefenbaker to fish a tournament walleye tournament with me there um that was the the time that i almost killed al linder <laughs> that was an adventure <laughs> <laughs> well maybe we talk about i want to talk about that just a little bit i i did put it in my book because i had this fancy stratos it was a 19 foot fiberglass with a 175 on and I was, I think it was my first, I think my first year driving that boat, I had been a tiller guy all my life. And we come around this corner of the reservoir and the wind's blowing and- It was a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> the whole boat lifted off the ground and luckily I throttled back down and uh, we, we averted disaster and, <laughs> and it was great. So I'm glad to see you still sitting across from me all <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so so the walleye tournament, you know, had such an impact. I remember going to the Tobin Lake, uh, uh, not the Tobin Lake tournament, last mountain fall walleye classic, and I had the first Pro V. Uh, because of my association with you and others in the industry, I was I got a Lund sponsorship, and uh, I had the first Pro V, and there was one other guy from the States had a Pro V. The next year, there was 50. So that's the kind of impact that you have had on the industry that maybe a lot of people don't realize, not up here at least. 
Well, I, I appreciate that. It would, you know, a lot of that done was right place, right, right time. And uh, 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 the tournaments and, and the communication we had at that, that, that time, spreading the word television and, and print, like you said, were, were the vehicles at that time. time. And uh, uh, people, the television ratings, what you did on television then, the numbers were staggering what would happen. You reached anybody that wanted to learn how to catch, catch more walleyes or any kind of fish. You were able to do it on, te on television. You talked about new products. You, know, you, were, you were breaking news. Every month there was uh, uh, something majorly newsworthy that was happening in the world of walleye fishing. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it drove this sport. Now, those were the pioneering days. There's no question those were the pioneering days in this business. Yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, uh, a lot of people, you start getting irate, you look back in time, you said, well, those were the good old the old, old days. I really believe they were the good old days. Yeah, it's, it's good now. There's, there, we still got good fishing. A lot, a lot is there, but that pioneering stages, we were doing things uh, uh, that, 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 nobody else was doing you know you were breaking ground so much of it today is it is a repetition of you don't see you see very few breakthroughs these days probably the biggest the biggest breakthrough we're dealing with is is technology today this stuff is just going off the off the charts you know with the, the things with electronics live scope and and uh, uh, yeah, you know, or, or sometimes you got to scratch your head. Have we, have we maybe pushed this envelope a little too far? You know, I get asked that all all the time on on some of this live scope scope stuff and and uh, uh, mega live and and that. And uh, uh, my answer to to that is, ask me this question in two more years from now, mm -hmm. and there because it is a serious question. And there, there's some things that have to be considered because the resource that you and I have been fortunate enough to make a living off of all our life is getting stressed in a lot of places. We are seeing resources get stressed uh, because of technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I'm really concerned about it. I've been in this business my whole life. Uh, it's something that we have to watch and be careful for. We're going to have to watch our regulations. We're going to have to have, I think, more stringent uh, uh, management philosophies from, from the people that manage our fisheries. You know, they got to watch it a, a little bit more because we're getting too proficient <laughs> in what we're doing. We, we are. And I don't have the answers long. I don't know. It's a weird position to be in right now. I, I don't know that, but I know it's starting to say, wow, this is, we're, are we pushing the envelope? Yeah. I mean, People think that Canada has this uh, infinite resource. Well, no, we don't. No. When you throw all these new anglers and these new people and the pressure on the resource, there's never been such a, a, a an impact on the resource. And we're going through the same thing here. Um, I, I, I'm just scheduled to have a meeting tomorrow with a guy, the, the head of um, you know the fisheries here in Manitoba, because they're, they're thinking of a bunch of new regulations to come in, just what you talked about, all those yes. things, right? We have to deal with, we have to deal with this, so it's, it's scary. One question I, I really wanted to ask you today, um, what allowed you, Al, your longevity in this industry? How have you been able to be so successful for so long? What are some of the keys to that? 
I guess the, 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 it, I still have a passion for, for, for what I'm doing. I haven't been burned out. I, have not, I, I haven't hit a burnout period that I've seen uh, a lot of other people in our industry after a lifetime have experienced a burnout where they just, uh, uh, that passion and love for it just kind of waned a little bit. Sometimes it came back, but it was a little different feeling. And uh, I don't know, I'm just, I, that's all I can contribute it to. I still love what I'm doing. I love it. I love the business. I love the industry. I love being able to help people find and catch more fish. And uh, uh, I love doing television. You know that. We've talked about TV. Uh, I've been on so many years. I'm, I'm pushing 50 years on television, believe it or not. At one time or another, I had a television show. And people ask me, well, when are you going to hang it up? And, and, and I, I like doing tell this. I really like what I don't like selling sponsors, dealing with all that political bull that goes on yeah. behind the scenes to make everything roll. You, yeah. you know, when it comes to, to going out on the water, catching fish and making a television, I still like that. I, I get a little bit of a, a rush out of doing that yet. So I guess uh, uh, fortunate enough that I never had to experience that burnout and uh you know i'm slowing down a little bit i'm i'm not as mad at those fish as i used to be <laughs> you know remember the hours we'd be up 45 yeah. minutes before the sun come up and we would fish till 45 minutes after it went down <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you know that ain't happening anymore <laughs> yeah you wore me down on more than one occasion now that's oh, for sure <laughs> but i think uh, correct me if i'm wrong but you must be very happy that you've uh, been allowed to have your family in your industry with in your business with you a, a lot of them right it's been i'm really thankful we can, can work with family and, and and some real close friends the people that have been fortunate enough to work what we made some some really good choices over, over the years fam, fam family a, a big part of it the gen the generation my, my son troy is here today and he hosts you know the ontario experience when we're, we're doing it today he's doing he's here to doing a show called angling buzz which is a, a midwestern best state thing we're doing that it mm -hmm. goes to air next week we start airing on that but having family involved in a bit business has really been fun and those years when we would fish tournaments where Ron would fish up uh, up there with, with his kids, and I'd be up there with Troy, and and uh, those were memorable, memorable trips. There were great times on the water, learning times. But it was was when I talked to these kids, my, my kids, and Billy, and and Danny, and Jim, Jim, every one of them, without question, will look back and say those days that we went up and fished Rainy Lake and Lake of the Woods and some of the, the, the tournaments that we, the most memorable trips that they've ever had in our business. They just loved it. Yeah, you know, they really look forward to it. And it's good to be able to hand this stuff off. Yeah, yeah you know, you get to a point that see that somebody else can carry the ball for, for a while and just see that they, 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 they really care about what they're doing. They like make, and they, they all like making good television, which to me is, 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 is good. That, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, we can still deliver a product that has a value that people are entertained and informed and, and like what they're doing. And as long as I can keep doing that, and I, I, I think I'm speaking for our family, as long as we can keep doing that, uh, uh, life gets you know what what more can you expect out of life than something like that wake up in the morning doing something you like to do and have done it for your whole life it's a good thing man i, I would like to echo that al because people ask me uh when are you going to retire don and i say why would i retire i don't have a job 
<laughs> there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a quick a quick, quick story. When I I, I turned when I turned I'm 76 now. Okay. Uh, uh, when I turned 75, I told my wife some some time ago. Uh, uh, I said, when I, when I turn 75, we'll, we'll do a little powwow. She said, what are you going to do with your life? You know, what, what are we going to do? And that's when we're into the, the edge. I said, oh, well, I'm going to work till 75, and then we'll regroup and, and revisit the things a, a, a little bit. And uh, when I talked to her after that, she says, are you ready to cut back? I said, yes, I will cut back. Jimmy knows that, tried Danny, Jeremy. They know I'm going to slowly start cutting, do less and less and less. But I, but I still want to be, be involved, particularly in television. But I said, honey, I can't. I, I, I said, here's the deal. I'm addicted to the perks. And she said, what do you mean you're addicted to the perks? Okay. I said, here's what's going to happen. I get a car, a boat, a motor, the latest fishing equipment, and a credit card to go fish anywhere I want during the open water season. And, and all mine. I do whatever I want to do. All of those expenses are covered. And you know, we've got vehicle and everything. Now, understand that if I retire, I'm going to have to go buy that car. I'm going to buy that boat. I'm going to buy that. <laughs> I'm going to buy those rods and reels, and I'm going to pay for those vacations. She stops. She gives it a little thought. She says, "You better find a way to make that happen." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a great story. I uh, love that. Yeah, I mean, we worked long and hard to get where we are, so we might as well enjoy it now, right, Al? You got it. Well, we could still get in the boat and, and, and set the hook. <laughs> One of the things that I know that you've done over the years, Al, is, is to encourage other people to get involved in the industry. In fact, you're one of the few organizations that I've ever seen that, that held a workshop of, of uh, how do you make a living from the fishing industry? Maybe talk a little bit about that. That was really, really fun. Don. We did it for three years and then COVID hit last year last right. year, and we didn't know what to do, you know, put everything on, yeah. uh, on hold. I've had so many people uh, a right, right back, call back, drop email. Are we going to do this again? Are we going to do this again? Are we going to do this again? And uh, as soon as we get some stability in this crazy world we're living in, you know, we would do it again. And what, what we've had, the Fishing Careers Workshop, you had speakers from many different, different segments of our sport would come up and share their life stories, whether they were in television, print, tournament anglers, we had professional anglers, we had tackle manufacturers, we had outdoor communicators, the people that make up our business, what we call the sport fishing industry is made up of five elements. There's five elements there. You have the fishing end of the industry, people that make rods, reels, lures, line in, in, in here. You have the marine end of the business, motors, trolling motors, they, 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 they fix your motor, they sell your boats, you got the marine end, you got the tourism end, and your destinations, where to go for this kind of fish, da, 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 da. You got you and I, what we make our living do, do, doing the media end of the business. Our job is to tell people what lures, lures, line, and things to use, the kind of boat that they need to have to be safe, the trolling motors to put on. Here's the places to go catch some fish. Here's hot bites. Here's how to, how, to, how to use it. And we do it through television, social media, print, books, and still doing seminars when seminars were a, a big deal. You're just sharing the word. That's four elements. And the fifth element, is the people that make protect the resources our game and fish people and ironically if they don't do their job we're all out of work if there's no fish to catch these other four businesses are totally gone they evaporate 
So, I mean, there's an amazing amount of responsibility that goes to the fisheries management people to support what we call the fishing industry. And we had representatives from all of those areas at every one of our fishing careers workshop that would come and, and talk about, share their life story of, and what their day-to-day -day routine is, how they got to where they're at. And none of them, you know, none of them had a gravy train. You know the drill. People lo look at you and say, man, man, I wish I had your job. All you do is fish. Well, it's not quite that. There's some a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. I'll never forget when, when, when a Seth fighter was one of the hottest sticks on the bass trail right now. He, he spoke at our first fishing careers workshop. And we had a, a number of these younger kids from this, this high, these high school fishing teams that have become very popular here, here in the States and part, part, parts of the tournament fishing world. And so they, their parents had some of these younger people there to look at the potential of, of what you can do to make a, a buck in the fishing industry at the many different segments of it. And when he says one of the kids raised his hand, well, how much money does it take for you to start your season off? You know, he says, I started, it cost me $70,000 to put it on the table. I need $70,000. That doesn't count my boat and car. <laughs> this is my tournament expenses, my entry fees, the travel expenses. I need $70,000 that I got to stick on the table. And then that's how I start to get into the game and hope that at the end of the year, I make enough money. To go. And you should see the parents' eyeballs when they, they look at this, they're elbowing them like the 70 grand to start, they don't count the boat and the motor. And the, so the, there's a little bit of a reality check in all of these things. It's not an, an easy thing to do to be a professional tournament wildlife fisherman. And in our case, to make a living in the media, is not an easy thing to do. It takes commitment. It takes skill. You have to be able to, to uh, talk to people, write a good article, do a good television piece, uh, get in front of a crowd and share a story. Uh, uh, to, so, so, so you, you got to have a personality to do that and feel comfortable doing it. You, you know, and that's basically what you and I did our whole career, from, you know, in the media end of our business, mm -hmm. which I still love. I still like the media end because it isn't, it really isn't boring. There's always, there's always something to talk about. There's some new lures, lines, you know, places to go catch fish, hot bites. There's always something happening. But yeah, that's, one, that's one of the things I, uh, sorry, Al, one of the things that I really miss with this COVID is, you know, I would spend time in the booth at these outdoors trade shows and, and just talk to people one-on-one -on -one and, yeah. you know, share stories and share information. And people would really get a feel for your personality. And, and, and you know, I would come away from those shows just feeling good about being able to share information with the public on a one-to-one -one basis. I, I, really, I really enjoyed that and I really miss it. Yeah, you, you came out of there with a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, what I do really does make a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and that's a great feeling, yeah, you know, to be able to do that, that you had that kind of positive impact on somebody's life, especially some younger person that someday will fill, fill in your shoes, will fill in my shoes, will be the next uh, uh, Rapala Lure Company or the next uh, Lund Boat Management, some, somebody that lived the dream like we were fortunate enough to be able to do. Yeah, and there's many different ways to do it nowadays. Um, with social media, there's a, a number of different ways. But the, I don't think, Al, that the premise changes. 
if you want to make it in the industry, you have to be honest. You have to uh, make sure that when you promise things, you get them done, and you also do more than you promise. And do more, right? Do more, and, and right. you you do make every effort to not only keep your sponsors happy, but the public happy. Be able to share information. Uh, you know, there's no better example in our part of the world than Jeff Gustafson. Mm -hmm. Gussie is just an ambassador for the sport in our part of the world. He's a, he's a consummate professional. Yeah, he's like Seth though. He has to put seventy thousand dollars or more up front because yeah. he travels from Canada. Well, more for him than Seth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean. I know you had him down at your workshops and he talked about how he made it. He started as a guide and, you know, he went to university. And it was funny when I interviewed him on the podcast, Al, I asked him um, uh, about the university experience. And he said, I only went so uh, that I could satisfy that to my mom. And then I went right back to guiding because <laughs> I love to fish. So if you have that passion like Al and I do, yeah, you could make it in this industry, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Passion is the key word of it and hard work. You, you hit the nail on the head, but passion and key work, commitment, 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 and honesty and integrity. In the end, uh, you've seen a lot of people that hedged a bet on some of those things and they didn't stay in the end. They're, they're going in three or four years, they were gone. That's for sure. Well, Al, I, I really want to thank you for coming on the show today. It's been great that uh, we could spend some, some time together. Um, I've really missed uh, spending time with you. So hopefully two or three years down the road, we could actually um, get in the same boat together. And be in physical shape to get out. Well, you know what we'll do, Al? We'll get a young guy to come along so he can net our fish. I, I, I like, hey, I have no problem sitting, just sitting in a boat and letting somebody else run the motor these days if they know what they're doing. I don't have to fight out. I just want, I like that. Don't our fish. I like being guided more now than ever. <laughs> yeah, I really like it when you fish with Jeremy and, and James and you say, yeah, get the net, boys. Can I'm you the, get yeah, that? I'm in a, and I'm in the back of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that, my friend. Thanks so much for coming on and uh, have, a, have a great filming year. And uh, I hope things uh, improve in our world. Hey, thank you, Don. I really appreciate you touching base with you again. It brought back great, great memories. And uh, when you sent me the book, I loved it. I, I mean, it was like a flashback in time through some of the greatest years this sport has ever had. And you and I played a part in making it happen. Thank Thanks, you. my friend. Take Thank care. Thanks for tuning in. Visit hookedmagazine.com to subscribe to The Complete Angler and never miss an episode.